Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16 tonight, where we're going to be. And I do have another praise I'd like to give to you. Those of you that uh, this last year, you remember the roof situation that we had. Uh, we got a new roof put on the church, how God blessed in that area, how the insurance company was able to give us enough money to get the roof replaced, and we had extra, and then the furnace went out, we could get that fixed and all that stuff. Well, the, uh, the company, Stonehouse Construction, that did the roof, uh, they had sponsored our young people for their car wash and sent a, quite a, a hefty check for the young people to go to, uh, to camp and things like that. Well, uh, the owner of that texted me just the other day and said, hey, I left something on your deck for you. And I went there and I asked him, I said, what's this for? And he said, I left that for your teenagers. And uh, he left a check for $500 for our young people. Uh, just he said that the Lord just put it on his heart to do that. And so uh, he left us a check for $500 for our teenagers and our young people. So uh, what a blessing. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, so there's a, uh, that's just it just goes to show you that uh, you just keep doing right, living by faith, and God blesses and does things like that. And so uh, we'll be able to use that in the teen ministry and young person's ministry. And uh, so what a blessing that is. Acts chapter number 16 tonight. Last week we uh, uh, preached a, a message to you that is not an easy message to preach uh, just because of the nature of it. Uh, it had to do with contention. And uh, we talked about last week the, the message was don't allow our petty disagreements to cause division. Uh, don't allow our di disagreements that aren't doctrinal uh, to divide us as a church. And listen, we're going to have disagreements. You know why? Because we're made of flesh. Um, we're all going to see things sometimes in different ways. Um, we're going to see things uh, that I have different likes than other people do, and uh, sometimes those things clash together, but what we need to make sure that we're always the same on is the doctrines of the Bible. We always need to make sure that we're not changing on the Word of God. Uh, those are areas in which you'll separate over, as if somebody's not preaching this book the way it needs to be preached and standing on the Word of God. But we talked about how Paul and Barnabas, how, how they had divided ways over the contention over John Mark. And uh, we spoke about last week how we shouldn't allow our differences to stop us from uh, doing what God wants us to do and how uh, the difficulties happen because of the relationships uh, that we do and the investment that comes in, in people's lives and when there's a disagreement and the parting of ways sometimes it hurts but we need to press on and how Paul and Barnabas learned from that mistake and uh, how God used all of that to get the gospel into different areas and things like that but then here we are in Acts chapter number 16 tonight we're going to carry on into this passage I want to show you some things uh, that are taking place remember now Paul and Silas have departed going to a different direction and uh, it says, and he went through Syria, verse 41 of uh, chapter 15, and Cilicia confirming the churches. And then look at chapter 16, verse 1. It says, then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. Which was of uh, which was well reported by the brethren that uh, were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of he was of the Jews which were in those quarters for they knew all that uh, his father was a Greek. As they uh, and as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decree for to keep. 
that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. I think that's intriguing how, listen, if God could do that back then, he could still do that today. Uh, we, it's kind of unheard of in the society that we live in today to hear that the number of the church was added to daily. That people were just added daily to the church. And it just seems like we don't hear about that now. Why is it? I believe it's because we're not going with the same heart and same motive that Paul and all of those did. But I was just intrigued by that verse when I saw that. Verse 6 is where we are. It says, Now when they had gone throughout uh, um, uh, Phrygia and the regions of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now hold on a second. They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Did that mean that God does not want the gospel to go to Asia? Is that what that was saying? No. It wasn't saying that God didn't want the gospel in Asia. He was just saying, that's not where you need to be right now. That's what he was telling him. And then if you look uh, down to verse 7, and they were come to Mysia and essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samotharchia, and the next day to Neapolis. And from thence uh, to Philippi, which is of the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in the city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, and where was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman who uh, resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Now I want you to see what's taking place here is now they're traveling and they're still going preaching the gospel wherever they go. And as you get down in here to uh, this passage of scripture and you're coming down through here in verse 6 where it said, And the Holy Spirit pervade them to pre- uh, forbade them to preach the word in Asia. I began to think, what in the world is going on here? And then it said, then they came down and uh, they went to Mysia and essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit forbade them there. He said he suffered them not. And see, God was having a plan and trying to move his, his children where he wanted them to go. He was trying to get the gospel to those people that, that needed it right at that moment. And listen, we never need to take our focus off of what God is trying to do. See, God is the one that directs what, uh, where we go and what we do and who we come across and all of those things. But as I was reading through this passage, there was a couple words, uh, the same word in two verses. It says, And a vision appeared to Paul in verse 9, in the night. And in verse 10 it said, And after he had seen the vision. And I wonder what vision that Paul is seeing here, and we're going to see it, but I, I'm going to preach a message to you tonight entitled 2020 Gospel Vision. Having the perfect vision of the gospel in our life. See, the Apostle Paul was looking at the gospel the way that the Holy Spirit wanted him to look at it. 
Listen, he wanted to go to Asia. That was part of his desire. In this passage, they were heading that direction. They were on their way to Asia to get the gospel to Asia. They wanted to tell people about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they were heading that way, brother guy, the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon their heart and said, Nope, now's not the time to go to Asia. I don't know why the Spirit did that. You don't know why the Spirit did that at that moment. Oh, I do know why, but I don't know why he would say, hey, don't go to Asia. Maybe you just leave this person and send that person to Asia. But he told Paul, listen, I don't want you to go to Asia now. And so Paul said, fine, if I can't go to Asia, I'm going to go down to Bithynia. And I'm going to give the gospel over here. Now, is what Paul's doing wrong? No, it's not wrong. Because he's going to give the gospel to whoever it is that's in that place. The apostle Paul didn't have an issue giving the gospel. He didn't have any problem telling people about the Lord Jesus. When he got saved, he got saved. I'm telling you that. It was uh, was something that just, he was a new creature in Christ Jesus. And uh, what he used to be, he wasn't anymore. And he realized that. And he was trying to give people the gospel wherever he went. And as he came down, it said, And the Spirit suffered them not to go. It said, And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. Now, Troas, if you study where that is, it's a port city uh, at the water there. And he said, As he was there, he was given a vision in the night. That means he either had a dream or he saw something. I believe he had a dream that night. And in that dream, there was a man, you've heard of the Macedonian call, that says, Come over here and help us. There was someone crying out for help in this vision that Paul was looking at. Now, I don't believe this vision was clouded in Paul's mind. I don't believe Paul was looking at this saying, well, God, I wonder if that's what you're wanting me to do. I don't think he was thinking, well, is that something I'm supposed to do is get the gospel down there to Macedonia? Of course he knew the gospel was supposed to go to Macedonia because all the way back in Acts 1-8, you know, he talked about going in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth and everywhere Paul went, he took the gospel to. And so he knew, but he, God told him not to go to Asia. He told him not to go to Bithynia. And there's a reason that he told him those things. And uh, as he's moving Paul into the exact place that Paul wants him to be, because you know what? I still believe in divine appointments. I still believe in that. Um, God has divine appointments. There's times in our life where we don't understand sometimes uh, maybe why the car wouldn't start. Sometimes we don't understand that maybe why we had to take a detour. They had the road closed. We had to go a different path. Why? And come around this direction. Why? Because there may be a divine appointment that God has for you at that time to talk to somebody that God is preparing at that moment to receive the gospel. It's very important for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God in our life and His leading so that we know to go where He wants us to go. It's very important for us to be uh, in tune with the relationship with God so that when He impresses upon our heart on what to do and where to go, we know when to do it and, and how to do it. And see, Paul was on his way to Asia. Had Paul been like most of us, we would have ignored God and said, well, that's what I had in mind and that's where I'm headed. But there was a purpose on why Paul was supposed to listen to what the Holy Spirit had told him. Because now he goes down and he gets this vision about going to Macedonia. It says, and after he had seen the vision, it didn't say a month later he decided to go. It didn't say that whenever he got all of uh, the stuff together uh, that he was going to go. No, it says, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. 
You know what he said? He said, listen, I know that God just called me to go to Macedonia and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can assure you tonight that I stand in this place with the call of God upon my life to preach the gospel in Martinsburg, West Virginia. And you all have that same call that God has placed upon you. He's brought you in this place for such a time as this. It is our job to preach the gospel to the lost and dying world. We don't understand maybe why we're here or what God's doing in this place, but what we can understand is what God has called us to do is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said, listen, I know that God wants me to go to Macedonia and preach the gospel. And preach the gospel, that's what he wants. And as I was reading down through this, there were some strategies that I believe we're going to see here. There was a strategy for this proclamation that Paul had. And we're going to look at all of these things here in just a moment. But Paul's now going down to Macedonia. And he said, Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to uh, Samotharchia, and to the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is of the chief city of, and the part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by the river where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Now I wonder what Paul was speaking to her. Is it any question or any doubt? what Paul was speaking to her. He just told us what God had called him to do, right? Preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. But in this strategy, I want to show you first in this 2020 gospel vision, there's got to be a strategy for the proclamation. You know what that means? You ought to systematically think about how can I get the gospel to somebody today. You ought to think about it. See, Paul and them were coming up with a strategy of how can I get the gospel to somebody Where can I go that I know there's going to be people gathering that I can share the gospel with? Where is this that I can go? Here we are now. We're we're down here in Philippi. We're in one of these colonies. We're at this one of these cities here in Macedonia. And where can we go? And they begin to put together a plan on what to do. And I want you to look at Romans chapter 15. If you would quickly flip over there. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 20. It says this, Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. When this was being written, it's saying this. It's not saying that you shouldn't preach the gospel just because the gospel has been preached in an area before. But what he was trying to say in this passage, he said, Listen, I want to go somewhere where nobody's heard about the gospel. I want to go share the gospel to people that have never heard the gospel. He said, I want to go where nobody else is gone. I want to go try to reach those people that they think are unreachable. I want, and he's going to devise a plan to get there and figure it out. I was reading a quote. I believe I've used this illustration one time or the other. I was reading an illustration one time about D.L. Moody, how when D.L. Moody was uh, doing a work, somebody wrote to him and they said, oh, I'm sorry, it was David Livingston, not D.L. Moody. David Livingston, they said, Mr. Livingston, we'd like to come where you are. What's the easiest way to get there? 
He responded back. He said, I'm not looking for one that wants an easy way. He said, I'm looking for one that will make his own way if he has to. And see, the fact of the matter is there's people that are dying and going to hell and you shouldn't always be looking for an easy way or wonder, God, is it your will for me to talk to this person or not? God's will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so it is God's will for you and I that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to make sure that other people have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our job. That's God's plan. It's what he wants us to do. Most of the time when... Paul entered into a city. You notice he had this Jew first mentality. Why? Because that was his family. That was his kin. That was his upbringing. That was his countrymen, as you would say. That's where his heart was. He had a heart for the Jews, but God had called him to the Gentiles. And when he would go into a place, remember, he would go into the synagogues and he would preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? We need to just get back to understanding. We ought to have a mindset for missions. We ought to have a mindset for those overseas. We ought to have a heart and a burden to get the gospel to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. But we ought never to forget our Jerusalem. God's put us here in this time, in this place, because there's people today in this city that are just overrun by sin. And they need a change that drugs cannot give them, that alcohol cannot give them, that uh, a wicked kind of lifestyle cannot give them, but what Jesus can give them. That's what they need. And every one of us sitting here tonight can testify to the fact that we were lost and undone without Jesus. And if it weren't for somebody sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would all be doomed and destined for hell tonight. I'm glad that in the 60s there was a man in Cleveland, Ohio, that found it enough in his heart to go to a a house and knock on a door and lead Jack and Mary Ruth Caldwell to Jesus Christ. I'm glad for that. I'm glad that there was a guy that didn't say, well, I'm too busy. I can't go. He, he had a strategy that, listen, I'm taking this visitor card and I'm going to go visit them and I'm going to make sure they know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he came and he gave them the gospel and I praise the Lord for that. And now I can look back at our family and see how God has worked and what God has done all because of one person that led somebody to Jesus Christ. And you know what? We need to uh, never have this, uh, get over this mentality that, listen, our family members need to be saved. I wonder, do we go after our family members? Well, preacher, you don't understand. They know what I used to be. Well, they ought to see what you are now, too. I know they know what you used to be, and they try to bring that up all the time. But if they they see the light that you're shining for the Lord, they'll see a difference in you. And they'll give you an opportunity to give the gospel. But you know what his mentality was? I want to go somewhere where the gospel's not gone yet. He always looked for new ground and new people to give the gospel to. Why do you think he was on his way to Asia? He's on his way there thinking, hey, the gospel's not been there. I need to get there and give the gospel. And the Holy Spirit said, nope, he forbade them to go to Asia. You know why? Because we're going to see what takes place here in just a few moments with this woman who's the seller of purple and all of these things and what happens in her life. But listen, it takes a strategy. You know what that means? Why do you think we have an organized soul winning time? It's not just uh, to, to waste time or add something else another day. We want to have a strategy to get the gospel out. Whether that's visiting somebody, going to the, the hospitals to do a visit and pray with somebody. Whether that's discipling with some people throughout the week. 
whether it's uh, just talking to a co-worker or a friend at school or a friend at work or uh, somebody in the prisons or whatever it may be, we have an obligation to figure out how we can get the gospel to somebody else. And that's what Paul was doing. He said, God, that's what you've called me to do is to preach the gospel. And you know what? He didn't try to go to an area where nobody would show up. I think oftentimes what we try to do, here's our strategy for soul winning. Our strategy is, brother guy, I'm going to go somewhere where I know nobody's going to come. I'll go to that building that I know shut down. Because then I just stick something in the door and walk away and I don't have to talk to anybody. What about planning to be somewhere where there's a lot of people? What about trying to plan a strategy where you can go out and make sure you can pass out a lot of tracks to people? Am I saying you're going to get the opportunity to talk to everybody you come in contact with? No, but you ought to at least try. You ought to at least try. Why? That's what God wants us to do. See, now Paul's coming to this area and this, uh, this 2020 gospel vision. I think oftentimes we see, we see the gospel the way that God wants it to be seen. We, we see it blurry, not clear. See, God has a clear plan. His plan is for all men to be saved. That's God's plan. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter, read it. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's will. God's will for my life and yours was to be saved. I'm glad I can stand here and say that I'm in the will of God as far as my salvation goes. Praise God for that. I hope you are too. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you can trust Jesus Christ by faith. Nothing that we can do. But here was their strategy. It's pretty simple. They went where they knew people were going to be, that the gospel's not been. They tried to reach their family members, their countrymen. They tried to do that. But here was the strategy, and it was really simple. They preached Jesus. They preached Jesus. They didn't try to preach some newfangled philosophy. They, tried to, they didn't try to uh, amuse people with their uh, orations and how good of an orator that they were. They didn't try to fascinate people by their knowledge. They preached Jesus. They preached Jesus. They demanded a strategy for the proclamation, but they also this. They placed value on one individual person. They placed value on one individual person. Listen, I want you to see this. Verse 10, after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the, Lord God, that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came in the straight course to uh, Semitharchia, and the next day to Nepalus, and from thence to Philippi, which is of the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by the riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted, uh, spoken to the woman which resorted thither. So what he said is this. There was a time they knew that down in this certain area by the river, that on the Sabbath that people were going to come down and they're going to, prayer is going to be made in that, in that city or by that riverside. He said, so we came there intentionally and sat down and waited for people to come. 
And when the people came, we began to speak with them. And it says, And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended unto the things which are spoken of Paul. So as Paul was down there speaking, Lydia, this lady's coming down there, a seller of purple and fine linen. She knew people were coming down too. She had an agenda. I'm going to make sure uh, I can go down here on the Sabbath day. And it said that she came down to worship God too, but she was down there and she was missing something. And she heard Paul preaching the gospel. She heard Paul giving the plan of salvation. And what is that plan? That we're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That without faith, we can't go to heaven. That for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I believe he was dumping them all out there. Talking to her, talking to everybody around, saying, Hey, let me tell you what happened to me on the road to Damascus. Let me tell you what happened, how God changed my life. Well, you know what I used to be, what I am. And she hearkened unto his words, and she listened. The Bible says that her heart was opened. Her heart was opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Verse 15, and when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of, and he came and he came out the same hour. And when our master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. But the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, changing the jailers to keep them safe, safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed, and the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, drew out a sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So wait a second. God told them, don't, don't go to Asia. And then God tells them, don't go to Bithynia. He tells them to go to this port city down here, Philippi, in Macedonia. 
And he gives the gospel. Lydia gets saved and Lydia invites him into her house. And guess what happens? Everybody's rejoicing, right? Everybody's happy about this. No, because this damsel approaches them who the Bible says is possessed of a devil. And Paul commands in the name of Jesus. By the way, he didn't just try to do it in his strength and his power. He understood the only one that could command that devil out of that girl was Jesus. And so he said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And it came out. And the people that were making money off of this, uh, this girl, were uh, now they were angry because their way of financial gain was gone. You think God knew that this was going to come about? Sure it did. And but here, this isn't doesn't seem fair, preacher, because now they, they just led Lydia to Christ and they've been preaching the gospel and they've been seeing people saved, and now here they come to this, this area, and now they're put into prison and they're beaten for preaching the gospel. And now they're in prison. And guess what? They were in there moping and crying, huh? No, it said they were in prison praising God and singing. And the earthquake comes and the bands are loosed from off of them. And the soldier sees that the doors are open. He begins to get ready to end his own life. But Paul says, do thyself no harm for we are all here. So God even used this traumatic circumstance in their life for a purpose. And what was that purpose? To let them see, have a front row seat to the miracles of God. You understand when you see somebody get saved and you give the gospel to somebody, you, are, you have a front row seat for one of the best miracles that you could ever see in all of your life. It's something that is dead is being made alive. Isn't that amazing? Something that's dead in its trespasses and sins is made alive to walk in a new life with Christ. What a miraculous miracle that is. But Paul and that man, Paul, he hasn't had it enough, man. They left him out for dead outside of Lystra. They had stoned him. And he still goes back and preaches the gospel. Now here he is in this place. Him and Silas are beaten with, with stripes and put in prison. And you'd think they'd give it up then. But no, guess what? Here, now this jailer gets saved. He falls down before them. And God used that circumstance because God's purpose was for all of them to be saved. And he falls down in front of them and he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And I love his answer. And they said, pray a little prayer and you'll go to heaven. Is that what it said? No. It said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. You understand that that's the only way to be saved? Is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just words that you say that take you to heaven. If, if you have empty words with no belief, that's just empty words. The Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The prayer that they say, the sinner's prayer... Brother Scott, I might be a little far-fetched in this, but I don't think I am. I believe there's a lot of people get saved before they ever say anything out of their mouth. 
They say, why? Because it's not the prayer that saved them. It's the belief in their heart that saved them. When they make that conscious decision in their heart that they're going to receive Jesus Christ by faith and their heart's already turned in that direction, when they move their heart towards God by faith, having faith in Him, that's just an outward expression of what's already taking place on the inside. I believe there's a lot of people who've never said anything out of their mouth that are going to heaven. You say, why? Because in their heart they believed under righteousness. See, Paul told him when he said, what shall I do to be saved? He didn't say, well, you've got to say these words exactly the way I do. Now repeat after me. He didn't say that, did he? He didn't say, now one, two, three, say this, this, and this, and you pray this prayer and you go to heaven. He said, no, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Listen, we've got to quit with this easy believism type stuff. You say, what do you mean by that? It's not a one, two, three, say this little prayer and you go to heaven. It's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do I need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Because you're a sinner on your way to hell that can't go to heaven by your own good works. That because of Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, that you've got to believe that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, who that Savior died, took your penalty upon himself, was buried, rose again, and offers life to anyone who will freely receive it. And you, by faith, exercise faith in what Jesus Christ has already done, and you ask him to be your Savior By belief in your heart. That's why it's important. He says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse 32. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. And and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. And washed their stripes. And was baptized. He and all his straightway. Hmm. And when he had brought them. Into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. You know what? He said, listen, it's not enough just for me to believe. You guys got to come to my house and tell my family about it. See that same strategy? Those that are close to him, his family. You know that jailer wanted to be saved? Those around him. You know what our desire ought to be? Those around us, our neighbors, our coworkers, our family members. Those that are close by, listen, you say, preacher, why do we talk about the gospel so much here? Because that's what the Bible's all about. It's about pointing people to God. Bringing people to Him. That's what it's about. May we never lose focus of it. It provides you a front row seat to see a miracle. To see God change hearts. Here's a jailer. I don't know... Brother Scott, if he was even one of the men that helped to beat them, I don't know that. But I do know he's sitting there, and he's he's supposed to be watching. He falls asleep, and God does a miracle. And they could have left, but they didn't. And then all of a sudden, when he finds out that they didn't leave, he realizes there's something different. Why didn't they leave? There's something different about them. And he falls down before him and says, what must I do to be saved? See, listen, it's very important for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and live a life that others can see. That, listen, there's something different inside of us. And it's not going to be that way every time that somebody's going to fall down in front of you and say, what do I need to do to be saved? But you know what? The more you give the gospel, the more opportunity the Holy Ghost has to pierce hearts only the way he can. See, when Lydia heard what Paul was saying, the Bible said her heart was opened. And now 
they went through a pretty traumatic time, but now they're in this prison. And here this jailer gets saved. And it didn't stop there. He washed their stripes, and then he says, hey, what happens now? They said, you need to get baptized. And so he says, well, let's do this. And he gets baptized, and then he, they go into his house, and they had preached to everybody there. It says, and they were baptized, and his house was baptized too. Why? Because they just knew that they had to follow God no matter what. They had to do things the way God said to do it, no matter what. Verse 35, And when it was day, the magistrate sent to the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly uncondemned, being Romans. And having cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeant told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them, and brought them out, and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison, and entered in the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren... They comforted them and departed. Listen, Paul just kind of rubs it in at the end. They come and they say, hey, it's time for you guys to go now. He goes, oh, no. You beat us and now you just want to send us out? He goes, no, 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 no. I, they, they had enough audacity to beat us being Romans as well. He said, why don't you tell them to come and tell us to leave? Because he knew once they found out that they were Romans that there was going to be a problem. And he comes to them, and they ask him to leave, and he goes back to Lydia's house. Remember Lydia, the one that got saved here a little earlier? And what happened? It says, and they comforted them and departed. How could they get comforted when they had just been beaten and went through all of this? I'll tell you why. Because they were probably still rejoicing in the people that got saved. They are probably still rejoicing in this. Listen, when you start focusing on lives being changed, your, your problems begin to diminish. Your pains and your hurts begin to lower when you start seeing God do a work in other people's lives. Listen, let's just keep a clear view of the gospel. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's our job, church. It's our job to make sure others know how they can go to heaven. To make sure others know. And that's what Paul and them were all about. It's giving the gospel. Wherever they went. I don't think the Holy Spirit told them not to go to Asia because he didn't think they could win people to Christ there. Oh, the gospel will reach people no matter where it goes. But he knew there was a lady named Lydia that was going to be down by a riverside. And had Paul not been sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, I wonder if Lydia would have ever trusted Christ. And had he not been in that area, he would have never been able to uh, help that young woman who, who was possessed of a devil and uh, have the devil departed out of her in the name of Jesus and then to see this jailer in his house all get saved. You understand God's got a plan and divine appointments for what he does. Don't take those opportunities lightly. When you have an opportunity and the Holy Spirit of God presses upon your heart to give the gospel to somebody, you might already understand that he's been preparing that person to receive what you have for them. You say, well, what if they don't get saved? Listen, we just, uh, Dominic, I'll give you a little history. Dominic, uh, who got saved today at the school, Dominic's in my Bible class. He hears the gospel all the time. Been several times that I've had an opportunity to talk to Dominic. 
And we've been able to plant some seeds in Dominic's heart. Well, today in chapel, Brother Kidwell was preaching in chapel and was able to lead Dominic to Christ. You know what we could do? We could say, I can't believe he wouldn't get saved when I gave him the gospel. No, it's our job to plant the seed. See, some sow, some water, but God giveth the increase. It doesn't matter who it was that got to lead him to Christ that day. The fact of the matter is, we all better be planting seeds. And we ought to rejoice in the fact that somebody gets saved. We ought to shout the rooftop off when somebody gets saved. I can't wait till tomorrow to see Dominic and tell him how glad I am that he trusted Jesus as a Savior. Why? Because it didn't matter that it wasn't me that got to hear him call upon the Lord. The fact of the matter is he's on his way to heaven and we ought to rejoice in that. We get so self-centered about it. Well, I can't believe I wasn't the one that got to talk to him. Listen, God's... God doesn't care who it is that gives it to him. He wants the gospel. But you know what? God has divine appointments for you. And you need to tell people. Because there's people you can reach that I can't. And there's people I can reach. And there's people her brother's going to reach in Ukraine. And he may not see them trust Christ at that time. But he's planting a seed. Because God wants the gospel to go out. And you understand we can be dedicated to these missionaries. And give so that they can go out and give the gospel where they are. But let us never forget our Jerusalem. Let us, let us never forget where God has placed us for such a time as this. With our heads bowed.